0: is to uh, one trust your instincts if there's something that doesn't feel right whether it's dealing with a contractor the deal walk away because if your your instincts are probably right i've had a couple situations where my instincts told me there was something that didn't didn't feel right and i went and did it and i was right by my instincts so i've had a couple of those scenarios i think typically uh, let your instincts take over instead of like getting emotionally involved you use your instincts and your your numbers to back up
1: Welcome to Wealth Matters Podcast. I am going to talk to Mr. Mario Lancioni. He owns or he is partnered with his brother and they have built a new business, Lancioni Holdings. They started in investing in real estate in 2015 while working corporate sales job making over 200k plus per year. In 2018, he left the job while having three years left on his contract to focus on real estate portfolio. So welcome, Mario.
0: Uh, Thank you for having me, Alpesh.
1: Absolutely. How are you today, man?
0: I'm doing great. How are you doing?
1: Good, good. Hey, so tell us something funny or interesting about yourself.
0: Oh, man. So something interesting about myself people don't expect it, but I play the violin.
1: Oh, and that's a my weird daughter one. does.
0: Does she? That's great. I,
1: I just got it tuned yesterday. She's like, it's out of tune, the G string. Of course, I don't know much, but I can tune. There's a, <laughs> there's a there's an app where you can tune it too. Yeah, no, I, I got the tuner because the, yeah. the app is difficult because if there is any noise, it will pick up. So yeah. I just got the vibration tuner. So it's easier, you just plug it. Yeah, so
0: that,
1: that's a weird that's, one that no one really that's, expects. That's me. interesting. Yeah. So how and when did you start investing in real estate?
0: I invested, uh, like we said, in, 20, in around 2015, 2016. And it was really just as my brother came up with the idea, looking at passive income. And uh, it was around the time we started making some serious money. But there was a one key thing that we saw. Every time we logged into our company's website, it said intellectual property. And it always stuck in my brain because I didn't really know what intellectual property meant until I Googled it. And then when I sold it, it was the company's, everything was theirs. I realized, even though I had a book of business, which I sold for the company, ultimately, if I left, it was theirs. And uh, it it made us really start just poking around and seeing what we could get ourselves into. Real estate was just like a, you know, everybody talks about it. It was was something that we were interested in. And we just took the safest route by doing a uh, multifamily property that was FHA. So it was the intellectual property word was a key, key word, though, that actually had to get into something that I had to own and take possession of. And uh, from there, it was kind of like we just kept going and, and building. Here we are today. We do it full time.
1: Hey, that's a great point you mentioned. And no one has ever mentioned that on my podcast and even no mm-hmm. one has brought it up. But yes. that's so good. Intellectual yeah. property, right? Because. Mm-hmm. Whatever you do when you are working W two, you don't own anything unless no. you unless you are on a patent, right? You file a patent with the company, and even then, you don't own anything. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. So, but out of let's say, um, you know, there are so many ways to invest, right? Uh, it's stocks, real estate, and there are where yeah, there's bonds. And you, why did you choose to be in real estate though? I liked
0: real estate because I looked at it as three ways of getting paid. Uh, one was you can get residual royalties every single month with yes, rental properties. Yep. One, another one was equity, which yeah. is equity. So you have equity on the back end. So that was very, very interesting to me. And the third was like we talked about before the show was tax benefits. I thought
1: that, Oh yes.
0: So those, those three things were th- three big drivers for me to get into real estate because there could be one, say you bought one single family home you can actually capitalize on just those three things. And I might be, I, I'm leaving things out, but those three alone were what uh, originally was very attractive to myself in getting into real estate, especially rental properties.
1: No, oh, Those are, again, uh, those are golden nuggets just, and then we talk about real estate on this show almost all the time. And I tell everyone the two reasons I started investing is cash flow and tax benefits. Yep. Right. So mm-hmm. those two, two are the top two, but then appreciation or equity is the icing on the cake. Because yeah. it will happen no matter what. If you keep it for a long time, <laughs> if you don't have to get out at the wrong time. You, you'll be fine, right? So every investment, be it stock, crypto, real estate, over time, they go up, right? Yeah. Of course, there'll be a, a year or two where you shouldn't get out. And and real estate being, it's it's illiquid, right? So, yes. so in some ways, it's good because you can't just get out seeing on Zillow that my house value dropped. I got to sell it by tomorrow. Stocks yeah. or cryptos or other investments, <laughs> like you, you click and you're like, okay, I'm done, I'm out.
0: Yes. <laughs> so, it's it's so true, but uh, yeah, I think there's something about the tangibility of driving. In the beginning, I would drive down the street, and it would just be a, a great feeling of saying, "Oh, that's yes. mine." It's a possession thing that you can say. Yeah, so it's, yeah. Not, it's
1: it's real. It's, it's real. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even if you have uh, you know a million dollar in your bank, it's still you are like okay you don't have it in your hand, right? Yes. It's you are going to use credit card. But this damn thing you can touch and feel, you can see it. <laughs> so That's real.
0: Yeah, it's so true. Yeah. So
1: let, let's talk about your very first investment. Then you said it was a multifamily. What it, did you it, guys do? How much did you pay for? So it was a it was a
0: triplex that my brother and I uh, put down. We actually put it in his name, and uh, you know we what do we do? We round of renting all three out two of them two of them were already with pre-existing tenants okay third unit was open technically my brother was supposed to live there we we kind of bypassed that and we renovated it so he was planning
1: to house heck exactly got it
0: but we turned it into you know what if our mortgage is 1800 a month if we have these three units pumping out the i think the two were 1200 and then the third unit we were able to get 1500 for it Whoa. I mean, the numbers were just obscene to us. And after the first month when all three rents came in, when uh, everything was up and running, we really saw the power of what real estate could do when we didn't have to make sales calls. Like our, our current <laughs> uh, career was making sales calls. And we it was funny because when we listed on Zillow, we were actually getting people that, were inquiring with us, so right. that was, a, that, was a, that was strange. Truthfully, it was very strange to yeah. yeah. You didn't have to say, hey, "I want to do business with you." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not 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 soliciting. Like, I want to do business yeah. with you. It was definitely where tables turned for us mentally and saying, "Hey, this is great. We're, we're receiving cash flow. People actually want to." do business with us and we saw all of the benefits. And then, you know, we just kept, kept kind of naturally progressing on um, from that stage.
1: So what did you pay for it and do you still own it?
0: We do still own it. We paid, I believe it was around $240,000. It's in Southern New Jersey. Okay. And it's probably worth about 275 now. So we bought it at the very top of, um, it was maxed out at its equity. We, we weren't good at negotiating. We didn't know right. really what we were doing. Yeah. And uh, we we actually we put money into it. So technically, I would say we don't have much equity on it, but the cash flow was just so good. Um, yeah,
1: if and, cash you know, flow works, why not? And uh, and yeah. I may be wrong, uh, but I looked into New Jersey market as you know before the podcast. I mentioned I studied there. I still have yes. some family it's mm-hmm. just uh, somehow uh, i don't see a lot of appreciation in new jersey markets like not not crazy like what it's i not. see in western markets even you know in some of the other markets but if the cash flow is there, why not, right? Cash flow is, cash is king, man.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. And, and I think the approach we took, especially in New Jersey, was if we could make between two to $300 in cash flow per single family or per door after all expenses were paid and pick up at least $50,000 in equity per uh, single family or 50000 per duplex, we were just thinking small ball. So if we keep hitting singles, after one, after another, I mean, we could be millionaires pretty quickly. I mean, just from a pure equity standpoint, when right. you know, what your, your net worth is. And uh, that's, that's, the, that's kind of the approach we took in the beginning was just making two to $300 a door after expenses, we would net it and then have 50, 50 K on the back end, Got it. Um, which is hard to pull off, but we do and different strategies. That's how we do it. So yeah.
1: Got it. So mm-hmm. when did you leave your corporate job?
0: I left it Night. was it? 2019.
1: So okay. Two, yeah. yeah. And, so uh, and and then I have another question, and I I I ask this question to everyone who lives a corporate job or W two. Yeah. Did you have a timeline on your mind when you started acquiring a real estate that this is when I'm, I want to get out or buy by this date or buy this number I want to get out of the job or corporate job I mean
0: Yeah there, there was there was like a uh, it was like a graph where you start going upward and then there's uh, like a break even port. And the break-even part for me was I was really, really enjoying real estate and not enjoying my corporate job. So even the paychecks were coming in. If I was clearing, you know, ten or twelve thousand dollars every two weeks after taxes, but the satisfaction wasn't there. But I was making half, like at least half of that, with real estate. I I was more happier and enjoyed it more by making say six thousand dollars every two weeks in real estate versus what I was doing with my corporate job. And I also felt if I Focus hundred percent of my attention on real estate, I could scale faster because of the, the momentum we had. Right. Yeah. So you'll feel the momentum, I think in that break-even point of, all right, I have momentum. I'm enjoying this more than my current position. And I have all the resources and I know exactly what I'm doing. So that confidence part has to come into play there too.
1: But this, um, this is amazing. So I could, cause, and I was focusing on, on you, I was listening and I could relate to myself because I started investing in real estate in 2015 as well. And the second thing is, I am struggling with the same thing I'm in right now. So I I have my one foot out the door. So I'm I'm pretty much working (laughs) part-time because I have my own business on IT side too. So I'm able to do that. But on real estate side and the podcast, I'm enjoying it a lot more. And I'm like, at 40, I want to do what I enjoy, right? I don't want to think about it when I turn 60 and that, okay, I I didn't do anything, you know, with what I want, you know, I I wanted to do. So that's a great point. I, at some point we have to look at it this way, that does the job provide me uh, satisfaction either, you know, with either money or either with what I'm doing, you know, if I'm enjoying yeah, well and good. But yeah. if you are not getting any kind of satisfaction, because a lot of time people and my friends, they complain, right? That, oh, I'm not getting paid more and I don't, I'm i not enjoying the work. I'm like, then why are you working? Because if you are not getting any kind of satisfaction, you know, do something else. <laughs>
0: right. you're, you're so right. And the satisfaction, uh, even today, every day I wake up, I really enjoy what I do. I love it. It's fun. Everything's exciting even if there's some bad days, quote unquote, they're still, right. uh, they're better than a corporate job. I would never want to not work for myself.
1: <laughs> At, and, and you are taking, and I'm, I'm quoting the book, uh, you are taking ownership of your actions, right? Extreme yeah. Ownership uh, by Joko Willink. That's the book. Uh, and that's amazing because because now you can't blame anyone else.
0: <laughs> nope. No, you cannot say your boss or this company's not giving me marketing. Me me- okay. <laughs> <laughs> Learned.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. So true. Yeah. Hey,
1: so another question I have uh, is that, so when you are going through this transition, right, in your mind, and because that you want to move to real estate, did you set up a goal that if I have this many numbers of units, I will get out? Or did you have a goal that if I reach this much income per month, I'll get out? So it,
0: it was a little bit of both. There was a number of my brother and I had to get 50 rental properties together because he has to survive and I have to survive and at the same time we were thinking we talked about the the ways of making money was we have uh, residual or royalty income every single month we have the equity but we don't have a transaction business so we didn't have money that we can transact every month and feed us. Right. We started diving really deep into wholesaling at the same time. So we we started saying, all right, if we can get a transaction business going to feed us, and then we can build this, we can play off of both. And that's that's where we started becoming, sourcing a lot of deals by taking the wholesaling model, but keeping most of the deals and then making the transactions where we had to here and there by making 10,000, $20,000 assignment fees. But that was the pivotal point of doing the two by creating a transaction business as well as a royalty slash equity business. So those three things allowed us to, to make that decision in 19 to move on and, and, and go home. Um, so we, look, we looked at money in three different phases.
1: Oh, that's a great point. Yeah. So, and we spoke about this before the podcast, how did you go from acquiring that triplex to hundred plus units? It
0: was, it's funny to think, it only, only in three years, you really learn so much if you plug away every single day. I mean, seven days a week, we eat, slept, craft it every day. So, so you learn so much from like the contractor standpoint and uh, talking to realtors. And So what we really did was we started understanding the bird model, uh, refinancing homes. Then we dove into buying homes directly from sellers, subject to seller finance deals where you know sellers will give us, essentially, they'll be the bank to us or someone that's going through a divorce. We basically take over their existing loan. We pay it, put a tenant in place where we make it Got it. it. And, um, and, and
1: so sorry to interrupt, I, I wanted to remind my listeners, we have spoke about this on the podcast, salary financing is where salary is the bank. And yeah. uh, so you don't have to go through, you know, jump through hoops to get the loan. And for salary, it's easier. Uh, yeah. They may also save in taxes. Uh, mm-hmm. can, and we had another a guest who spoke about subject to, but can you define it for us again?
0: Yeah, it's when there's someone who has an existing mortgage on a property and they uh, basically have to... They're, usually they're distressed. There's a the problem there. So the person has a uh, existing mortgage, but you take over the payments and continue to pay the, the payments out.
1: That's awesome. So pretty much you uh, looked into all different strategies and just to get ahead in the game, right? It, exactly. But- and it was Kind of something
0: that we just did a lot of like mentorship programs and did it that way, as well as you know, just keep plugging away at, at talking to different people, networking, and uh it, it just kind of spread out that way. We also another piece that was big enough. I don't I know in the commercial space it's looked at the DSCR, so debt service coverage ratio was another big big way of us scaling was picking up properties that had like a a, de- a debt service coverage ratio of say 1.5% and uh, it already had tenants in place. And the next piece of that formula was finding a bank with no seasoning and having a bank with no seasoning allowed us to refinance the properties day one purchasing the property. So, uh, if that makes sense, you pick up a rental property day one and there's no seasoning with a bank, you can refinance it technically day one.
1: Yeah, that's awesome, and, actually. And I have, I've been through the seasoning requirements, so I know.
0: <laughs> yeah, and uh, it that was a powerful piece. So as we learned all the little avenues and strategies and uh, places to, to take it, we just kept scaling and by, by education really, hot education. And,
1: yeah. and uh, when, when you decide to leave uh, your corporate job, where were you in number of units or certain number of income you were at the goal you had set already?
0: No, it was probably a lot less. Than oh, not. really? Okay. Yeah, it was, we were probably netting on the rentals around like $4,000 each. And we, we were closing some wholesale deals. So it was a little here and there spotty, but we just felt, I can't explain it. We had investors too. So we had investors that had a lot of money, like sitting on the sidelines. So we couldn't cater to their money to keep scaling. So we knew by even, even having their money, we can keep pumping out more deals and, and you know, building us into the renovation costs. So there was a lot of different ways that we could have made money by just having more time dedicated to it.
1: Oh, that, that makes sense. Scaling up, right? <laughs> yeah absolutely so which markets are you in right now in uh,
0: Philadelphia and New Jersey southern okay
1: New Jersey. so that that's your core focus so southern New Jersey and I, I would remind listeners that southern New Jersey shares the border with uh, pretty much Philly as soon as you cross the border you are in you know Philly Airport you are right by Philly Airport right absolutely so, okay. so which makes sense so you and so all your wholesaling as well as all your real estate holdings are in in uh, uh, Philly and or, or, or Southern Jersey, then.
0: Yes, yes, but we don't like. Like I said, we we use wholesaling as a model to capture homes directly from sellers. Uh, that's the best strategy of getting the most discounted properties, right? And from there, it just it just gives us an ability to 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 just uh, have our numbers so inexpensive that we're creating that huge equity spread on right. the right? By going direct, also and, you know, reducing
1: competition, right? When you go direct, yeah. right now. Everywhere the market, real estate is on fire, right? So it's it's very yes. hard. If you, if you go through the MLS, you'll be oh. competing with hundred others. <laughs> exactly, there is yeah. no negotiation. Yes,
0: it's so, so true. So uh, it's it's been it's been great by going direct. It really has worked out really, really well
1: for us. Oh, that's great. Can mm-hmm. you share numbers on your best deal so far?
0: Whoa, man! I would say the best deal I have. I mean, I have some really good. The one deal would be a woman gave us so seller finance. So, back to a person that gives you seller finance terms. She had a duplex that was underperforming. Property is worth 200,000. And to go through the numbers, she wanted us to pay her only 100K. So, I knew that the the appraised value when we got it up and running. Was worth 200k. She hasn't visit. She was out of state, so she didn't visit the property in a while. The property was in still really good condition, and uh, she was willing to hold the note for 100k. So we pay her still to this day. We cut her a check every single month. We did a 10 year um, agreement. Uh, we pay her about I think six or seven hundred dollars per month, and. Uh, We have two tenants in both units for $1,700 on each side. So it's a huge cash flow property. And I thought by picking up 100K in equity pretty much instantly, she seller financed it. We didn't have to give her any money out of pocket because she didn't want to get involved in anything because she was out of state and older. It worked out really good to our advantage. And uh, that was a great property, just from an equity standpoint a cash flow. And there was very minimal renovation you had to do into the rental property. Um, so that would be something I'd keep as like a family heirloom. I would never get rid of it. No, that's yeah. that's... So that's great.
1: So any worst deal so far? <laughs>
0: Ooh, I have a couple of those too, man. Ooh.
1: Yeah, and, and I, I wanna know more about those and the lessons learned.
0: <laughs> I would say that's more of a flip. I've done some bad flip decisions on undervaluing, under budgeting re- renovation. One flip, for example, was I, I purchased a property in a really like class A neighborhood and uh, I purchased it higher than I should have. Let's just say uh, the renovation was a disaster. I had to hire two like two plus contractors to finish the job. And I lost about like 85 grand on the job, on the deal. By not pulling permits, doing things incorrectly, uh, doing them out of order. So uh, that was a big learning experience. And it was uh, when I was kind of trying to juggle two things at once. And I thought, you know what? Let me try this flipping thing. I'll make extra money and I can leave corporate America faster. It was a terrible, terrible (laughs) (laughs) move.
1: That's awesome. This was great. So let's take a quick break, Mario. And after the break, we'll go through the same questions I ask every guest. Cool. You're listening to the Wealth Matters Podcast. The Wealth Matters Podcast. For more info about what we do, check us out at WealthMatters.com. It's Wealth, W-E-A-L-T-H, Matters, M-A-T-R-S, dot scom Welcome back to Wealth Matters podcast. Mario shared a lot of golden nuggets today, especially showing why he decided to move from corporate America into real estate investment and what was his process, what what numbers or if your number of units he had in mind. So this was awesome. Mario, are you ready for fire round? I am. Let's go. What was the most challenging okay. moment during your real estate journey? It was
0: finding a good, reliable renovation crew of contractors. That was this the is, big uh, challenge. So
1: still... Almost everyone's, every time I struggle. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Usually they're, they're good at, you always get them. Um, one project is good. Typically, if you get them to three projects, that's a
1: big. You, you you really hit the
0: milestone. But it's hard. That's a hard one. Yeah.
1: So would you change anything though now? Uh, now that you know after those, you know, couple of flips and you know working with a lot of contractors, what do you look for in a contractor? Yeah.
0: I pre I pre-qualify them a little bit better. I make sure I actually walk a current job they're doing. Um, even if I'm busy, I have to do it, and call call a couple references, especially recent references of projects they're doing, and preferably in other investors because they'll, they'll they'll shoot you straight. And um, yes, you know, with the information I can I can Google I can look up uh, from PropStream what project they did. Who the owner was, and if it was legitimately the same exact person. So I will. Oh do my yes. due diligence. Yeah. So doing the due diligence on the contractors so vital to, to it could make or break a deal. So yeah, yes. that's, how I, that's how I
1: screen them. I can attest to that. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh yeah. yeah. So,
1: would you be changing any business or investment strategy after coronavirus is over?
0: I actually did a massive overhaul from coronavirus, and it was by. Eliminating all the dead weight from the staff I had internally and outsourcing it. So I oh, went okay. virtual to about 95% of my staff in the Philippines. Uh, my entire property management division is all Filipinos that are uh, actually amazing. They're so efficient.
1: I, I can't, I, I know I, yeah. I, I just outsourced everything. <laughs> uh,
0: and so I, I broke my business into small compartments for them to digest, So okay. they all have like a little piece of the business and they all work together. And I try to find you know the best couple leaders and have them oversee those people, and it it's been so effective. My wife's been uh, monumental in helping me build it out from an operation standpoint, and uh, you know providing a scope of work and uh, doing a lot of Loom video trainings. So yes. it allows the, yeah. So it's it's super efficient. It helps us scale actually in a way better, more efficient way by having uh, virtual assistants. So. Coronavirus allowed me to inspect my own business, and it was it was good by actually slowing it down and saying, you know what, this person, what I'm paying them, I can hire five people for. Right. And they're incredible. So yeah, yeah, that that was a big deal, big change.
1: That's awesome, man. Favorite mm-hmm. real estate or finance or any other related book? Oh,
0: does it have to be business related?
1: Yeah, it's, that's fine too. Oh uh,
0: well, I think outside of business, there is a book that um I read, which is Relentless by Tim mm-hmm. Grover. That's a great book. Uh, real estate related. I don't really read a lot of real estate books. A lot of it's hands on. Um, uh, what's another one? The Power of Now by Eckhart Tool. Mm. Ter- terrific book about being yes. present. That helped me uh, change my life actually. But uh, but yeah, real estate book. I, I, I can't give you a real estate book. Uh, I don't want to say a typical one I've read, but I'm I'm more hands-on. I like to listening to you, watching YouTube, and and interacting with and you know, listening
1: to my podcast.
0: In your podcast, <laughs> so you have serious, you have heavy hitters on, so they're they're good. They know what they're talking about. Oh, thank you. Yeah.
1: Any tool or website you recommend, or you use heavily in your business?
0: Ooh, ah, man. From an operation standpoint, I would say Trello is phenomenal. Yes, Trello is great, and. uh, from uh, just a general real estate uh, perspective, I would say PropStream. PropStream is terrific okay. on finding data and uh, you know f- digging into the details of a property. But um, I, I love Trello. I think it's simple and it's easy for uh, you know people to use.
1: Yeah, and Trello I had used a bit, but now that I moved everything uh, to Philippines. Yeah. They use Trello a lot. So yeah. it, it just made it, everything easier. So my uh, wife
0: loves Asana. She says she, she's a, she Asana Asana. Is also good. Yeah. yeah but, but these was, guys
1: yeah. were using Trello. So I said, okay, continue. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I don't mind. <laughs> yeah. And this is an important question. Any yeah. advice for beginner investors?
0: Is to uh, one, trust your instincts. If there's something that doesn't feel right, whether it's dealing with a contractor, the deal, Walk away because if, your your instincts are probably right. Um, I've had a couple situations where uh, my instincts told me there was something that didn't uh, didn't feel right, and I went and did it, and I was right by my instincts. So I've had a couple of those scenarios. I think typically uh, let your instincts take over instead of like getting emotionally involved. You, use your instincts and your your numbers to back up your decisions.
1: Yeah, that's an amazing advice, and again, I could relate because. At one point, to not lose my earnest money deposit, I you know closed the deal because mm-hmm. I I'm like okay oh. I have to close the deal because <laughs> I would lose this much money, and I I I felt afterwards that I shouldn't have even done that deal right. So yeah. I tell my li- listeners, friends, investors that it's okay to lose some in on the front, then mm-hmm. go through the entire thing maybe lose a lot more money or at least lose more hair or sleep. they're all important (laughs) maybe you'll make up the money in the end but then you know i don't want to lose any more hair (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) yes 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 yes
1: how do you give back give back
0: i i try my best by giving back uh one is there's there's a lot of younger guys that um Mm -hmm in my area that ask for advice in real estate and i try to set up set aside at least an hour a week by uh, if they really want to uh, use me as a mentor i don't charge them anything um, I, I i help them out like i wish someone helped me out growing up um, by just giving them words of advice and helping helping some young guys so I have, I have guys on a basketball program that are close to my office that come in and ask for advice and i take them to property tours and different things like that but uh, that's my best way of giving back right now.
1: That's great. How can yeah. my listeners reach out to you?
0: You can uh, find me on Instagram. I try to drop some nuggets when I'm uh, I have free time, um, and also uh, TikTok. I do TikTok. I like it. It's uh, TikTok, huh? Yeah. So you can look at my name Mario Lancioni on both. Yeah.
1: Well, that's great. Thank you so much, Mario. I enjoyed a lot. Thank you. Yeah, this is
0: great. It was awesome. I had a great time. Thanks for listening to the Wealth Matters podcast. If you enjoyed it, please leave us a five-star rating on iTunes so others can enjoy the show too. Have a great week and happy investing!